0: Hey, welcome to episode six of Tangible Takeaways. We're so glad that you're here with us. Uh, I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to tell you how to not get lost in the sauce. Uh, And I'm Mikey, and I might
1: be here to remind you that truth without grace is mean, uh, but grace without truth is meaningless. Bars. Uh, All that and more in this episode of Tangible
0: Takeaways. Hey, welcome to episode six of Tangible Takeaways. So glad to have you with us here, Mikey. It's going to be fun to unpack the conversation a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. how long have
1: you been here at HTC? I've been on staff. This October will mark my seventh year of ministry. Seven here, yeah.
0: years! Wow, mm-hmm. the big seven. Yeah. That feels
1: biblical, you know? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think, there's uh, something there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. I guess we'll see
0: what what yeah, it, what it holds. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and what's your role look like at HTC right now?
1: Yeah, uh, my role is in our care, counseling, and shepherding department. Okay. Uh, if we're getting technical, I'm a, uh, I'm a director of pastoral care. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's my honor and a blessing to help folks uh in their time of need through funerals Mm -hmm. Um, i do a lot of counseling premarital counseling Um, do a lot of marriage counseling period Um, But yeah, so I get to help out Pastor Mike Roberts, Pastor Tim Wheeler. Cool. And we handle what care looks like here at HDC.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Such a vital ministry. I mean, talk about being a pastor. That's it right there in a nutshell is caring for people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's
1: definitely uh, fulfilling. You know what I mean? Not not always easy um, or enjoying, uh, you know, every circumstance, but it's definitely uh, part of that refinement that happens in life. Yeah. And that is kind
0: of the weird thing about it is a lot of jobs are really concrete in their objectives, Mm -hmm. but pastoral care is one of those things. That like you don't really feel like you checked off a box at the end of the day. Like it doesn't feel
1: like. Accomplished, You know, yeah. it's just, it's very progressive, very slow. Yeah. You know? And at the same time, it's not as structured as like a, oh, like, um, you know, like a program would be on a weekend. Uh, yeah. You know, like take, for instance, a couple nights ago, I was at the hospital until probably um, midnight mm. uh, with some folks that, that just, um, you know, they're under the weather right yeah. now. And it's one of those things where they request that a pastor come speak with them and pray with them. And that's what we do. So, yeah. 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 Very unique. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So as we're in this tablet series, welcome to Tangible Tangible. Yeah. Takeaways. Glad that you're here with us. Uh, We've been rolling through looking at, okay, what do the Ten Commandments mean for the family? And uh, this weekend we talked about lying or false witness. So let's just start with why does the truth matter? And why does, specifically, why does the Bible care about the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Like why why is that such an important emphasis for us?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I liked how Pastor Tom... Um, you know, while answering the question or, or even like, you know, why is the truth matter? Um, he, he emphasized almost like the opposite uh, of mm. the question we asked when he says, uh, keep the truth sacred, mm. you know, so instead of like, you know, not just instead of actually uh, uh, alongside complimenting uh, not to bear false witness, right? That's a lie. Yeah. Um, he, he, he emphasizes to keep the truth sacred. Yeah, kind of the uh, inverse of that commandment. Exactly, you yeah. know, and, and I thought that, that was an interesting perspective to bring to us on the weekend because uh, a lot of times uh, we we think um, or we hear in society that, like, you know, you should find your truth, mm. you know, and I yeah. think that that's emphasized now. I think the truth matters uh, and where to find the truth matters in a huge way so that we... As people, whether uh, you know we're talking to unbelieving oikos or we're talking to you know our prodigal oikos or people yeah. may have walked away, been discouraged from this last year and a half, mm. um, that we keep the truth sacred in our lives, so that society doesn't speak in on what the truth is. Mm. The word is the truth. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. And I think there's something really powerful when you put it in that missional context, mm. and you say, yeah. okay, so the. I think maybe the question would arise so what if my oikos believes that truth can be owned by them, right? Mm -hmm. So what if it, like, why don't I let them believe that, you know, their truth is their truth, right? Why don't I just kind of like pass at that? Or even with my kids possibly, right? They're growing up in this generation where everybody's got their truth. What's really, like, why would that even be a battle worth fighting? Well, because everything that we believe is built upon a universal truth that starts Mm. with the word of God, right? And the moment that you start... Shattering truth into pieces and saying, No, I get to own a corner of truth, and you get to own a corner of truth, and my truth can't invalidate yours, and yours can't invalidate mine. Well, then all of a sudden, What is the word of God to us? It's whatever we want it to be. It's whatever we make it to be. Because you can say that's just not true for me. I can say it's true for me. But then maybe certain passages don't feel as true for me, right? And so now I'm getting to pick and choose what matters to me as I'm kind of taking scissors to Scripture.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And now we've got this big issue because I'm no longer following God, I'm just following myself. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah.
1: And in the book of Matthew, it says, uh, you know, I I mean, our, our emotions come from our heart, right. And the book Mm. of Matthew says, uh, that above all our hearts are deceitful. Who knows it? Mm. I I think to myself, oftentimes, um, when our circumstances or our situations speak to the truth that we follow, we often tend to make gray areas in our lives. Mm. I think that, um, the truth coming from the word is dependable. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, the original word, the Greek word for truth was uh, aletheia. And that just translated directly to uh, to unhide or mm. to unveil. Mm. And what's interesting is that the truth isn't something to hide at all. However, when you're telling a lie, you're not telling the truth. So, yeah. so therefore you are hiding that. Yeah. Um, and the original word in Hebrew uh, was specifically to un. Veil or unhide. You yeah. know what I mean. So yeah. I think that that's so important to know because, uh, regardless of what we're trying to make our truth be, you know, we can we can always come back to something that is dependable, which is the Word of God. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's so good. And the word
0: or the gospel starts with truth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starts with a reflection of the reality. Hey, I'm a sinner. Mm. Right. That's the truth and I can you know go off and live in the falsehood of my truth and act like that's not true but at the end of the day that is the truth I'm a sinner and if we can't live in that well then none of scripture or the gospel can really be unhidden before our eyes before we yeah. live in reflection with that truth yeah so at the end of the day it becomes a super foundational i think it is worth fighting for as much as it seems like uh it might not be or the consequences of it might not be a big deal to not fight for this the fact that there's universal truth i think it's worth fighting for as a believer yeah and because at the end of the day it if we dismiss universal truth then we introduce cracks to every foundation of every doctrine
1: and theology that we could possibly come to possess. It's that inconsistency. And I was actually going to talk about that next because when when the commandments were written, right, when it says, when it talks about not bearing false witness and it Mm. talks about, um, uh, again, like what lies look like and then also paints a picture of what the truth looks like, which is from God, uh, the Hebrew word is emeth. And Mm. emeth in itself means uh, it's taken various forms, but one of its most prominent is constancy. Right? Yeah. So dependability, integrity, constancy. Yeah. And that word emeth translated in this is to is to have emeth, is to have constancy. Mm. Have um that that um Reliability, you yeah. know, of the same thing that integrity. So yeah. I think it's huge to remember those things and again apply them to our lives That's really good. Yeah, yeah. our uh, our video guy here Tanner He always tells me about how
0: he's like really in tune to these things called continuity errors in mm, movies okay. Yeah, where somebody will have like the fridge open and it'll cut away from them And then when it cuts back the fridge is closed, but we never saw them close yeah. the fridge, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like clearly they were shooting this across multiple days and nobody caught that. Yeah, And there's these continuity errors where all of a sudden there's cracks in the movie where Mm. you're like, wait, this isn't real. Because you're seeing a lack of continuity. Yeah. And in just the same way, when we're talking about oikos, if oh, there's yeah. a lack of continuity in our lives, oh, right? Yeah. Then immediately it's like, wait, this isn't real, yeah. right? They're going to look at the continuity errors in our lives first because mm-hmm. we're, we're the gospel lived out to them, right? Yeah. We're, we're the living word as they're seeing like, okay, this is what it looks like to be a Christian. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, if there's continuity errors in us, yeah. well, then that begins to proceed to make cracks for people who are watching us. And yeah. they're kind of taking that example in. Yeah. And that's what I love about scripture too, is it's objective, yeah. right? I I have come to be comforted by the fact that scripture is objective. Hmm. Like I, I think all of my subjectivity and the way that I justify things and dismiss things mm-hmm it almost, it gets so tiring because I'm always justifying something. I'm always trying always. to come up with a rationale and stuff like that. And it's just exhausting. And there's something so comforting about scripture to be like, this is just objectively true. Yes. Like, yeah. and the moment I can just accept that, I can actually rest in the fact that this is objectively true.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And uh, to, to a huge point of yours that you made, Jackson, it's like, I, I often use the illustration in counseling when uh, when people are, are seeking, you know, inconsistent they're going to find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we as believers, as Christians, we look at a white screen and, and there's one black dot, we don't notice how pristine the white corners are. Mm. We don't notice anything else except for the one black dot. And we're believers. We should, we give each other the benefit, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have that understanding that the Holy Spirit is at work in this person like he is in my life. Uh, yeah. And we as Christians notice that black dot. What about the unbelievers in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're looking for reasons to, to not take on your faith as their own yeah you know and and they're and it's and only they're because, also
0: looking for hope, yeah. right
1: that maybe this is legit, yeah and maybe your life really does have a piece about it that yes. mine doesn't yeah. right and then the, and then they notice that inconsistency, and then all of its validity goes out the window, mm. right so that's where we come back to know that the truth is reliable, the truth is uh the truth has integrity yeah you get, so
0: yeah, that's so good, mm. and as we look at the concept of truth, you know Pastor Tom had a great. Fill in the blank to his message this weekend that mm-hmm. truth without grace is scary. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I feel like probably in our faith we all know somebody where we see yes. uh, we we've heard many times the <clears throat> almost the sense of like I'm more of a truth person or I'm more of a grace person. Yeah. Right? We we hear that. Line, which mm-hmm. I think is factually inaccurate. We can yeah. get into that in a second. But we, we hear that, like, I lean more this way or more that way. Yeah. And we've seen plenty of times, I mean, our world has seen plenty of times, Christians choose truth without grace, and mm. it really is scary. Yeah. So how do we, and why is it so hard to find that balance between truth and grace? Like, what's the tension that we're trying to strike there?
1: I think... The reason why it's so hard, I, I, a reason that it could be so hard, um, is when we are confronted with situations in life, and I'm just talking, you know, relationally, yeah, um, and even morally, when we're by ourselves or we're trying to make these decisions. Um, there's oftentimes when we revert to, "How is this going to benefit me?" Or, or "What's my reaction to this?" or "How am I going to choose without and without um, considering?" what mm-hmm. uh, those, the impact of the that other person decision would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's oftentimes where society speaks into a lot of what we do and what we say about like, um, you got to be right no mm-hmm. matter what. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that speaks to people's egos and pride. Yeah. Um, and it's huge because I mean, even, I mean, John one fourteen right? Like it talks about how Jesus came with both truth and grace. Yeah. Uh, and we have to understand that um, that is like the goal. Yeah. Uh, and how many times do we actually achieve that goal? Probably not as much as we'd like. Mm. However, it's always something to be worked towards. Um, And, you know, even personally in my life, I I have been uh, on the side of of truth over grace, you Mm. know, like. Truth was absolutely present. There was no evidence of grace whatsoever. Yeah. And then I'm reminded that the book of Hebrews says that, we, um, see to it that no one falls short of the grace in your life. Mm. And I think to myself, okay, how many times have people fallen short of the grace in my life? Mm. Yet I still stand here as a person only here because of grace. Yeah. So uh, it's it's really hard. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. And I've heard it said before, and you know, it's kind of common as well, that that truth without grace is mean. I know that mm-hmm. Pastor Tom said, truth without grace is Scary, and it is. Yeah. Um, truth without grace is mean, but grace without truth is meaningless. Mm. So if you if you slide to the other side of the pendulum, that's and you, a and, bar right there. Yeah, it is yeah, right. That's like, good. You think to yourself, um, if it's only grace. Yeah. People forget about the law. Yeah, you know, if it's only grace, people don't um, they don't understand why grace is sweet. They just know that it's not convicting for the spirit. Mm. It's, they they know it's not prompting of a life change. They know it's it's great and it's sweet. You know. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, that's what I, I believe. That's how God designed us to experience what grace looks like. However, mm. we have to understand why it's sweet in the first place. Like there had to be something for the law, so, yeah. something to fulfill the law in order yeah, for us to, to receive bring grace. about the sweetness. Exactly.
0: That's so, so good yeah
1: that's so powerful and
0: there's there's so much i think you know when we talk about the just the factual inaccuracy yeah. of saying i'm more of a truth person or more of a grace yeah, person, exactly which i think probably i would say in my experience i've always tended to lean way more to the grace side mm. where i i enter the meaningless side right mm, and yeah. so i think we're like the perfect balance here even talking sure. about the tensions of each side and and one of those things when we start to parse that out is we kind of tend to think that jesus aligns with us wh- whichever side we're on yes, right yeah. if we're a truth oh, person or a grace person we're like well it's really because jesus was really like this mm-hmm. right and we have all the caveats yeah because jesus was really like this that's why i'm like this mm-hmm. and and we try to parse jesus out and make him more like us when we should be coming becoming more More like like him him. right yeah and so i think the the tension in us we have to embrace the tension that's in jesus that he has forever bound truth and grace you can't unbind truth and grace before in the old testament and i thought pastor tom said this well this weekend they weren't bound together Mm. but in jesus they've become bound together and inseparable so you can't choose one and neglect the other and if you are then you're outside of god's design and his will yeah right? There's no justification for being truthful without grace. And there's no justification for being graceful without truth. You just can't find it because otherwise you're making Jesus into something that he's not. And that's going to be a problem. And so I think it's important for us, you know, to not get lost in the sauce either way. Right? Yeah, because we absolutely. tend to we tend to see one as a, a little bit sweeter right we hear all the time from the truth side right you need you just need to get educated yeah and then we hear all this all the time from you know the grace side well we want to be people of kindness yeah and here's the thing though is like we see both of those things culturally because we have truth people culturally and we have grace people culturally. Mm -hmm. And so nothing about being a truth person is unique to being a Christian and nothing about being a grace person is unique to being a Christian. Yeah, exactly. Being a truth grace person Now, that should mark us, that should set us apart. Yeah. Because inherently, human beings are going to lean to one side or the other. Mm -hmm. But now we have the opportunity to be bound, have those things bound together in us the way that they're bound together in Jesus. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to identify a lot of times, too, we'll have our Christian brothers and sisters speak into things Mm -hmm. and say, like, dude, that was just without grace, man. Like, it just felt like that was mean. Yeah. And other times, Hey, that felt like that had no truth in it. You almost just kind of dismissed everything going on. Yeah, yeah. but there's something missing there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important instead of us dismissing those people, that's what the body's for, is to take that and say, okay, I got to admit, I'm I'm more of a grace person. But that's not justified. I shouldn't be more of a grace yeah. person. I need to be a grace and truth person. Yeah. I'm more of a truth person. That shouldn't be justified. I need to be a truth and grace person. Exactly. And I, those things are bound in Jesus. They need to be bound in me.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you raise a huge point, Jackson. And I think one of the turning points that people can start to make, like, in a practical way would be to to practice what humility looks like, to mm-hmm. have a, a true understanding of their identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at the same time, put that to work. Um, like, seek opportunities to actually actually put this to practice and say, you know what? Because I know I'm a grace person, I'm going to I'm going to seek to speak truth, yeah. Um, but but not compromise like the grace that I like I like to extend that kind of thing. And yeah, put let me get outside of my comfort zone a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I mean honestly, like for for people pleasers in life, like saying the truth and love is so hard, so hard. Um, but it is so rewarding and fulfilling, mm. you know. And I mean, I speak, you know, even personally, being a people pleaser, uh, it's when people you will either ask you to do things or or, or you know ask for your help, and of course I want to be a helper and I want to do these things and uh, and even when it comes up it's like oh uh, if feedback is asked for it's like I'm a natural encourager so it's really hard to say like the critical things or, or something that could help better a situation um, for the next time it could happen but also speaking that truth and grace is, is, is hard for like the people pleasers you know what I mean Yeah. Uh, and at the same time I understand I have an understanding that uh, once it does happen it, it, is, it is healing for us to grow in that area because again we're less like ourselves and more like Christ yeah uh, and I mean the same same goes for those truth people you know yeah. what does it look like for you to, to to speak with compassion more than you speak with your conviction of truth mm. uh, and again for for folks that that are factual that are you know like this is what the truth is right like yeah um, for those people to, to speak with an empathy mm. that is just that draws people in rather yeah. than build builds walls up in between people I think that that can make the difference between uh, you know communicating with intentionality and love rather yeah. than rather than um, I'm going headstrong because I know I'm right yeah that's powerful that's a great takeaway
0: to say hey if I'm that's a super practical tangible takeaway if yeah. I'm more of a grace person let me seek out truth if I'm yeah. more of a truth person let me seek out grace mm-hmm. and let's let it be uncomfortable and I would yeah. say also one of the things that I was even thinking about as you were talking is like the best way for me to figure out if I'm more of a grace person or more of a truth person is to let scripture speak objectively into my life Yes. and let it convict me and say, oh man, like this is all the truth stuff that I've been kind of trying to skate over. I just can't do it anymore because scripture is, Scripture's the primary truth in my life. Yeah. And that's what's speaking over me and convicting me yeah. is the objectivity and authority of scripture. Well, now I got to do something about it because I truly believe that it's objective and I truly believe that it's yeah. authoritative. And then now we get into that James passage, right? Now that scripture is operating like a mirror and mm-hmm. I'm seeing myself accurately. Yeah. And I think that's what's so important in this conversation is that we would see ourselves accurately because as grace people, we tend to justify not being truth people. And as truth people, we tend to justify not being grace people. And so instead of saying one is better than the other or I'm justified in my position, let's let scripture speak authoritatively and convict me of the imbalance in my life because I'm imbalanced all over the place. And there is great, like, shocking balance mm. in Jesus yeah. It's very hard to follow especially when you talk about binding grace and truth together yeah. I, there's always room for me to be convicted in scripture as I look at his example
1: yeah yeah no I agree and I think that, that self evaluation starts with a heart posture of humility yeah i think that we read through scripture uh and like you said i believe that the holy spirit can convict us to to draw us to a heart of humility to be able to hear those criticisms um even if they're just inner criticisms you mm. know personally knowing folks that that again they, they live 90 percent in their head and we only hear the 10 percent that mm. they think about uh, i think of those times when we can be so clear as to say um i need to be better and that's okay but that's also a heart posture of humility yeah and seeking that out that 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 will be the turn Right. Yeah. That will be the turn of us saying uh, we are one way. We are right. Right. Yeah. We are gracious. We do justify uh, for us to, to like switch that around and think, OK, well, from here, I think I want to have a heart posture and put that to practice. And what mm. that means is it could it could mean eliciting feedback. Yeah. Hey, like while I was saying this, um, how did that come off? Mm. Right. Or or how about this? Like even in times on a one on one level or, or maybe even like a like a, a relationally safe person that to, to talk with and say, hey, listen, uh, you said this. I heard this. Is that what you meant? Mm. You know, practical, like relational dialogue can really make a huge difference. And, yeah. and I know that it has personally in my life. Uh, I know that it, it can, um, you know, through counseling folks here, um, having exercises for people to do just so they've actually said the words the way that they can say them and they could be heard effectively. Mm. Or how about this? They can actually put into practice what they've, what they've come to know and understand in their mind. They can put to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, let it become a heart and an action as yes. well. Yeah, That's so good, dude.
0: Yeah. Dude, it's so good having you on Tangible Takeaways. <laughs> I loved it, man. i Thanks so you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, glad you were here. This has been episode six of Tangible Takeaways. We hope it was helpful continuing the conversation of what God is doing in your hearts and in ours through the message on the weekend. We'd encourage you, if you like the content, to uh, like this video, to subscribe so that you get future content as well, and maybe to share it to somebody that this conversation might be beneficial to uh, but until next week, we'll catch you next time around.